Good morning. This is the old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis reminding you that we're here each morning, Monday through Friday, bringing you God's message on the old Trailblazer broadcast. We're bringing you a series of studies now on Satan, the God of this world, and we're looking at today... Uh, we started there in our last service, demon possession and how it's manifested. That's right. There's so much error in the land today, my friend. There's so much uh, that we don't know. Uh, many of our folks are not aware of. Demon possession is rampant. Demons are, are, are manifested on every corner. That's right. Oh, we're going to look at that. And we started there in our last study. Throughout the New Testament, these spirits, as we've been referring to largely as unclean spirits, the Bible does, in some instances, are called wicked spirits. In other places, they're called vicious spirits. This signifies why judgment fell upon the pre-Adamic race. The word unclean shows that the prevalent sin of that pre-Adamic age was the sin of fornication, which is the prevalent sin of this age. Now, my friend, I want to stop right there. And I want to call your attention, if you're, not, if you're not aware, the prevalent sin of this age is fornication, lust, lasciviousness, uh, sexual perversion, all of those things. And we could incorporate it into our television shows, our movie houses that folks tell me what they see there and the language they hear. And it's all based on unclean spirits. No longer do they show uh, things on the TV like they once did, like Ozzy and Harriet and all of those things where they was clean. No, no. Now it's got to be some, some uh, striptease party, some a bedroom scene where the man and the woman lying in the bed without any clothes on for our young children to see on those damnable soap operas and all of those things. And then the, the uh, late night movies are nothing left to be, uh, to be even seen, my friend. It's all, it's all there. Everything is there to be seen. Oh, listen. Why? Because of these wicked spirits have taken over the minds, taken over the minds of our people. Oh, our Hollywood producers and directors and, and filmmakers, my friend. Oh, the, the, this, this, this terror of the Lord. Knowing the terror of the Lord, my friend. I must cry out against those things. And then to see on, on, the, on the smut corners of, of our cities how our young children can buy the, the, uh, the vulgar movie, the magazine, the penthouse and Playboy and all of those things where those men are wicked and perverted and, and, and try to bring down everything a semblance of, uh, and then we have these do-gooders to say, oh they have the right to do that. Well my friend, my family has a right not to hear, not to see all that stuff and your family does and I wish we'd take a stand against it. Oh we won't win the battle, but my friend take a stand against it. That's what all of this is about, my friend. That's right. All of this, the essence of wickedness is self-sufficiency, self-righteousness, and all of this wickedness. The word vicious means that they were impure. That's right. That's what we see now. We have no more purity in our homes, in our, in our televisions, in our movie houses, in our magazines, in our national magazine. Uh, every woman's magazine that you see in the checkout line is, is half their bodies are exposed. That's, 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 oh, my friend, that's what we see. That's what we see all the time. And listen, listen, that means, uh, what is it? 
all of these things, demon-possessed individuals. They lead the individual to uncleanliness and into a life of open rebellion and immorality. A demon-possessed individual, as a rule, is one of the most lustful, malicious individuals you ever met, whether they are man or woman. The demon's spirits take possession of that individual for the purpose of physical, sensual, sexual gratification. Now, my friend, it's more widespread. It's more rampant than you'll ever believe. That's right. That's exactly right. As we said, most of these spirits are spoken of as unclean spirits, and they should be. This accounts for the desire of the victim uh, to live in the state of nudity, and that's a characteristic of this present age, whether you know it or not. I wish if you don't believe it, you'd drive down here on the Gulf Coast and and look at all of the nakedness and nudeness out there. And my friend, it's all because of wickedness and demon spirits and demon possession. That's right. Listen, the, the, I don't know if you realize it or not, but the characteristic of the closing of this age in which we live is one of adultery. Don't we see that on every hand? They tell me now that six out of every ten marriages fail within the first year or two. That's right. Fornication. That's what causes all of the uh, divorces, my friend. Wife swapping. You ever heard of that? Wife swapping, marrying and wife swapping. That's what it says. It'll be in the days of Noah. Everywhere you turn today, men and women desire to live in a state of nakedness. That's right. That's right, my friend. This has been true of heathen throughout the ages. One of the first things that missionaries have to do when they go into these uh, foreign countries, many of the backwoods countries, uh, to those folks who are often called savages, it is that he has to lead them to put on clothes. That's right. When, when the gospel once touches the heart of such an individual, he's led to Christ. That's right. The first thing he does is to clothe his body. Now, we have many folks ask me about how how our folks should dress, men and women. And I tell you, modesty, modesty is a key to all of our dress. And I speak occasionally here in our congregation about how our women, especially, and our young girls should dress uh, modestly. But let me tell you something. The new heart cures all that. The heart, the new heart, when, the, when God gives you a new heart, he cures that. He cures the hemline, he cures the neckline, and everything else, my friend. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Did you know there won't be no bathing pools in, in heaven? Won't be any in hell either. Oh, I tell folks, if that's all you want, if that's what you want, go on. Go on. If you'd rather go to hell than you had to be saved, go on. Take your fill of sin because that's all you're going to ever have, my friend. You say, well, that's a fatalistic doctrine. I know it, but a little sarcasm sometimes does a little good, doesn't it? That's right. That's right. This fad for nudity today reveals the fact that we are in the closing days of the age of grace. It ought to scare us to death, my friend. It ought to frighten us into falling on our face, begging the Lord to forgive us and to save us, and that the human race is largely given over. It expresses that thing, that the human race is largely given over to demon possession. The sad fact about it is that, that, that this is not just church folks. No, no, my friend. This shows that our church folks do not know the Lord. That's right. 
and never been touched by the power of the gospel because the average pulpit today knows nothing of the gospel and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we've been bringing you a series of messages here on the on the uh, Satan, the God of this world, and what, he's, what has he done? Blinded our folks. As I told you, if you never hear the gospel, you'll never be saved. That's right. They are pretending to preach the gospel. They're preaching another gospel, which is a doctrine of demons, which never awakens a sinner to his lost condition and brings him to Christ for salvation. That's right. I'm preparing a message now for our study Sunday on Holy Spirit conviction, my friend. Did you ever, have you ever gone through Holy Spirit conviction? You say, Pastor, what is that? What do you mean when you say Holy Spirit conviction? Let me stop here and give you just a brief uh, a synopsis. When God puts his hand on a sinner to save him, that's right. When the Lord chooses a sinner to save him, the Holy Spirit comes and deals with that heart. You may be a millionaire. In your penthouse, you may be a homemonger on the street. You may be a lovely, chaste virgin. It doesn't matter. When the Lord begins to deal with that heart, that heart is opened by the gospel. The word goes home to that heart. Oh, I don't know which word goes home, but the word in mass goes home to that heart. And that heart begins to see that, it's a, that he, he's a sinner or she's a sinner. It lets, it lets the individual see that inward workings of the heart that there's nothing but a pit of cauldron of hell embedded in that bosom of yours and mine. And the Lord opens your heart to see that. That's what we call Holy Spirit conviction. He lets you see that you don't deserve to be saved. He lets you see that you don't deserve anything. You don't have any rights, my friend. The Lord doesn't owe you anything. You're just a worm of the dust, is what Jacob said. You're just a beggar on the dunghill, as we find there in Samuel. That's right. But the Lord sends the Holy Spirit, his agent, his blessed Holy Spirit, to awaken you to, to stir you out of your boots. That's right. To stir you out of your boots and to bring you to the knowledge that you're lost. Now, that's Holy Spirit conviction. That goes on. The Lord, the Lord opens that heart wider and wider, shines the light in, keeps shining it in until that sinner begins to cry out for mercy. Lord, have mercy upon this poor old soul. I see that I'm saved. Once he was steeped in pride. Once he was demon-possessed. Once he was satisfied with a little cloak of religion. Once he was, uh, had a hard, hard heart. That's right. But now, now that heart is being tendered and touched by the Holy Spirit. Now, now he begins to see uh, that he does not deserve salvation. That's right. No longer, no longer is he proud. Oh, my friend, we're living in a day when our folks are so proud, proud of who they are, proud to take and strut up and down the aisle. That's right, of the church with, uh, with their Easter bonnet on. Oh, my friend, this world is a proud world. But listen, the Lord brings you down under Holy Spirit conviction. That's why the Bible tells us that a broken and a contrite heart the Lord will not despise. The Bible says that there are none righteous, no, not one. That's what goes home to your heart. That's what go, went home to my heart. I thought I was somebody come. I was a big man, member of a big Baptist church and uh, a good giver and a good uh, a leader and all of those things. But one day the Lord said, whoa, sinner, whoa, sinner, turn around. You're not saved. You 
just a poor old ignoramus uh, in rebellion against God. And that's what I was. And that's what most of our folks are today. Most of our families are lost and on the road to hell. Could I ask you this morning, could the old trailblazer just entreat you this morning to search your heart? Ask the Lord to search it. Don't search it yourself. I can't see your heart, but the Lord can. He says he knows our thoughts are far off. That's right. He knows our thoughts are far off. He knows if you're saved. I believe most of our folks know if they're saved or not. Are you living on a false profession? Are you just pumping up your false profession? You ever go to the old pitcher pump in the morning and become unprimed? Oh, on a cold, frosty morning when there wasn't any any water to prime the pump with, you'd have to go dip up a little water out of the kettle and come back and prime it, and you'd pump and pump, pump and pump, pump and pump. That's right. Are you doing that spiritually? Someone asked you how the Lord saved you. Can you tell them without sputtering and spewing and spewing and, and backing out and saying, oh, I, I, can't, I can't talk, I can't say nothing, I, I don't know... Listen, folks, the Bible says always be ready to give an account for the hope that you have within you. It's not hard to tell what the Lord has done for you. Take a Lord take, opens his heart to see that he's lost and gives him grace to cry out against it until the Lord breaks that heart. And when it's totally broken, then there's a submissive heart. There's a submissive will. There's a forgiving spirit. There's a contrite spirit there that's never been there before. And then the Lord says, uh... Christ died for you. Did you know Christ died to, to save sinners? Poor old sinners. Not the righteous people. Oh, I wish I had another hour this morning, my friend. We're just getting started in the message this day. But I wish you'd write me. Would you write me the old trailblazer at Radio Missions? Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. I wish I could sit by your side and look you in the eye and say, My friend, do you know the Lord? Pray for me, will you? Goodbye and God bless you. Pastor Pendarvis reminds you, our Radio Missions Internet radio station offers music, current old trailblazer broadcasts, current Voice of Truth broadcasts, classic sermons, and more, 24 hours a day. For information on how to listen to Radio Missions Internet radio, visit our website at radiomissions.org. That's radiomissions.org. 